Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. V8 tributes flood in to honour IndyCar star Dan Weldon. Despite the best uh, efforts and the best will in the world, sometimes things go horribly wrong and uh, unfortunately and tragically uh, early this morning Australian time things went tragically wrong. You know, obviously we're all very shocked, all the, everyone in the pit lane shocked, but being British driver and obviously member of the BRDC, we've all grown up together and... Uh... You know, it, it could have, you know, it can be any of us and I think that's a big reality check that everyone um, takes out of this and, you know, it's, it's quite a while since the last fatality, so you start to... I forget that side of the business and, and um, yeah, this really does bring back. The Gold Coast starts to heat up for this weekend 600. As we are racing driver, we shouldn't be scared of those things, but actually <laughs> I think most of us were a little bit scared in the roller scooter. I don't know, if I knew I had to go in this one, I wouldn't come. <laughs> it's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Dan Weldon, the current Indy 500 champion, was killed in a 15-car pile-up at Las Vegas Motor Speedway last Monday morning Australian time. Weldon, a popular and charismatic driver, was scheduled to co-drive this weekend with James Courtney in the number one HRT Commodore. Courtney, stunned to see the events unfold. Losing, losing a mate, um, I suppose the one thing you can take out of it is he went doing something he loved, but it's, um, it's, it's, the hardest part is, is what's left behind, really. Huge loss. He was he was pumped to come and have a have a drive at the cars. It would be great to show him what you know what I've been doing um, and just how good this championship is. I think he uh, got wind of last year how much fun you know talking to Dario and the rest of the guys that were here last year at how much fun they had and and um, yeah it would have been would have been pretty cool to have you know a guy that you know in a long time a mate in the car with you try to do it last year with Dario. But with the way the championship went, you couldn't really do it. Um, but this year, you know, it was a time where I, you know, could have really had a bit of fun with a mate in a in a car that's, you know, great fun to drive at, a, you know, the best best place in the world. So it's, um, you know, I think he he was really really looking forward to it. Marino Franchitti, a friend of both Weldon and Courtney, was already in Australia, and he too watched the race on Speed TV. Dan and I began racing go karts together, same day, same race. In 1987, I've got fond memories of us racing together in our younger years and being teammates together at Daytona 24 Hours and just spending a lot of time on and off the track having fun. Uh, it's just, I can't believe he's gone. I don't think it really has sunk in, has hit me. But um, my main thoughts are with Susie, his wife, uh, his son, Seb and Oliver, and his mum and dad, Clive and Sue, and I know his brothers and sisters were at the track. But it's just, we all accept as drivers that we can be killed 
driving a racing car, but it doesn't make it any easier when these things happen. I know how much he was looking forward to coming down here and racing V8 supercars, and I think he would want. He obviously would want us to go out and race. I know that's generally what his drivers want is things to keep going. It's we accept the risk of what we do, and I hope we can celebrate his life this weekend and uh, do him proud out on the track. Tony Cochran's from V8 Supercars announced that plans were being developed to allow Australian and international drivers this weekend to pay tribute to Weldon. V8 Supercars have announced that the award to the best international driver will be named after Dan Weldon. Fellow Brit Andy Prelu talked about the decision to honour him. We're just uh, totally, uh, our thoughts are with his family, his, his friends, his fans and you know, we just want to sort of put on a good show for Dan and, and send, you know, try and have a great weekend and, you know, something that's very positive for his memory. So it would be a great honour to win that trophy. But there's 28 other great international drivers who also want to win that trophy. So uh, we've got to just concentrate on our job and just constantly think of Dan and his family right now. Weldon, who was not a full-time driver in the IndyCar series this year, had been working on the new generation IndyCar with Delara. This week, Delara announced that they would name the new car after the British driver. All members of the British Racing Drivers Club attending the Gold Coast event will at 9.30am Saturday morning assemble in front of the Jack Daniels garage to pay tribute to Weldon. Dan Weldon was 33 years old and is survived by his wife and two children. Who will win? Who is the winner? Weldon. Uh, the Dan Weldon. Is Weldon. Today, May 29th, 2011, where you'll find Dan Weldon celebrating the 100th anniversary victory with his teammates. Dan Weldon has won the race. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Drivers have been arriving all this week for a unique Gold Coast event with current Formula One driver Tonio Luizzi saying that he's looking forward to driving a car that requires a different set of skills. It would be for sure a really tough uh, weekend, but uh, I like to be versatile. I like to be uh, uh, fighting with uh, different drivers, different styles, and uh, I'm looking forward to that week. Dirk Muller, who'll pair up with Stephen Johnson in the newly repaired Jim Beam Racing Falcon, said he is enjoying his first... First experience of the V8s. It's my first experience here. I'm really liking the whole team DJR. It's so familiar to me. It's making my life so easy. Steve is constantly telling me what I need to do, what you need to focus on. I'm sitting on the right-hand side. I think that's not a drama for me because I'm used to it. But shifting on the left, that's a big issue. And to remind me all the time, you know, with a, with a routine of braking and flipping. But so far, so good. I'm feeling more and more welcome. With 28 international drivers in this year's event, how does Müller feel to be part of the race? I'm one of the new internationals, so I've never done the car, I've never done the circuit. Um, Obviously, I've been once in Australia when I won the championship in um, the the sports car back in 2000. But, um, well, it's, you know, it's a big championship and I really hope um, to be out of trouble. You know, I have a trouble-free race, giving the team the most support I can get and hopefully we, we end up quite high. Stephen Johnson talked about the repairs to his Falcon since the fiery accident at Bathurst. It's 
come up really well to be honest. The boys have done an awesome job. I mean, they didn't work at all on the weekend. Last year's most successful international pairing was Craig Lowndes and Andy Prelew. This year, they will pair up again. This time, with Lowndes' championship at the forefront of their mind. Oh, look, it's fantastic having back. He's obviously uh, methodically just going through his processes. He understands what happened last year. We had a joke about now leading the championship. But all in all, look, he, he's just uh, delighted to be back in Australia and having another opportunity. It's a great pleasure, you know, to drive this race to Surface Paradise. It's such a brilliant event. Really happy to be back with the same team, Triple Eight. Uh, Vodafone team, they, look, they looked after me really well last year and gave me a great car and a great opportunity. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of pressure with Lounsey leading the championship. I hope I can back him up 100%, but we'll see. You know, last year was good and... Uh, feel pretty positive about the weekend, so uh, we'll just have to get through it. Mikasalo said he's looking forward to teaming up with Will Davison for his second try at V8 Supercars. Great race last year and uh, I really enjoyed it here, so that's I wanted to come again. It's going to be exciting and there's a lot of new guys also who didn't do it last year, so I'm, I'm sure they will find it difficult as we did last year. Christian Klein. First time for me uh, to be in one of the V8 cars will be very exciting to, to drive, see how it's going. I'm really looking forward to that. Well, Patrick Long says he's got high expectations. Yeah, it was nice to to come in with no pressure, no expectation. Uh, some people didn't even want me here. Uh, this day and age, it's a little bit different a year later. Um, but with that, you know, a soft tire is going to change it up. Uh, obviously, a lot of the single-seater drivers have a year of experience under their belt, so I expect there to be more competition this year and uh, should be a good laugh. With the passing of Dan Weldon and Will Power injured in the same accident, there have been a number of changes to this weekend's lineup. English sports car driver Darren Turner will co-drive in James Courtney's car, the car which was scheduled to be driven by Weldon. Alan Simonson is to replace Tony Canaan at the Yana Living Racing. Canaan, who was a close friend of Weldon, decided not to make the trip down under. Will Power's seat with Frosty Winterbottom will be taken by Richard Lyons, but IndyCar drivers Ryan Bisco, Helio Castroneves, Alex Tagliani and Gildy Ferren will take their place on the grid this weekend. And for a little more incentive, Armour Oil is putting up $10,000 for any driver that can set the pole position for both Saturday and Sunday's racing in what's being dubbed the Armour Oil Super Pole Challenge. In other news now, and Mark Scaife this weekend has announced that he'll no longer drive V8 supercars as he will take the position as head of the V8 Supercar Commission. I think I'll miss the competition mostly. I'll have to find some things to compete still, but it's it's... Nothing can, ex- can describe, and it's very hard to explain, the feeling of competing against the very, very best drivers in arguably the best touring car series in the world, and uh, that, that will be not lost on me. Tony Cochran played tribute to Scaife's remarkable touring car career. He is probably one of the greatest sports people Australia's ever produced. If you look at his record of six Bathurst wins, five championship wins, I doubt that'll ever be beaten in this modern era. It's just uh, an amazing career that's come to an end in V8 supercars. I understand he's left the uh, door open a bit, maybe to have the odd go in a career a cup or something, and, and we're fine with that. But it's been a win for us too because uh, we retain Mark in the business, and uh, Mark is a very big part of the future of this business. I know the energy, the time, the commitment he's given, for example, to Car of the Future, 
for the betterment of uh, V8 supercars and the betterment of Australian motorsport. And uh, to have Mark in that role is uh, vital going forward and, and he's truly a great ambassador for our sport. And uh, Mark is a big part of the future of this business and this sport. James Moffat will be looking to turn around the Jim Beam Racing Team's fortunes this weekend at the Gold Coast. The, the surface track always puts on spectacular action and I think last year, you know, the first or well, the inaugural event of the Gold Coast 600 uh, was certainly spectacular and I would expect it to be the same this year and, and hopefully uh, our two Jim Beam Racing Falcons are strong. They, they were last year, so... Uh, Hopefully uh, hopefully we can keep that going this uh, next weekend. Yesterday in the official international driver's test, it was Jamie Wincup and Sebastian Bordeaux who were the quickest at Queensland Raceway. Wincup spoke to Peter Norton about the fickle hand of fate that he'll be trying to rebound from at this weekend's Gold Coast event. It's such a tough race to win, Bathurst. It's, it's uh, by far our biggest race of the year and it's a tough one and I've been around motorsport long enough to know how cruel it can be and today was as cruel as cruel, you know. We were, uh, we're in the box seat and uh, that's the way it goes. Not much good come out of uh, Bathurst 2011, unfortunately. I guess uh, you know the, the 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 corporate side, the uh, the V8 supercars kind of people are going to love the uh, the tight championship finish now. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they will. It was a, it was a in championship with my championship cap on. It was an exciting finish to the race, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure it'll be a dogfight championship wise right till uh, the last race. Any uh, rabbits going to pull out of the hat in the next couple of rounds? Which tracks do you like? No, no. I'm just going to do what I can. I'll do what I do. Do what I've been doing the last five years, and that's. Uh, try to uh, drive as hard as I can every, every lap I get on the track. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, we go wrestling with Dave in the Fujitsu Series. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. We go wrestling again with David Russell in, well, double duty this time. Fujitsu Series in the main game for you at Banthus, David. I guess in some respects it was quite handy that you're out in your Fujitsu car to get some laps around the track. Yeah, well, thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me on, mate. It was it was a um, any time you go to Bathurst to get extra miles, there's it's you know the sort of place where you go that any extra laps that you get is always going to um, certainly be a positive for you. And uh, the Fujitsu series obviously had a second practice session that was cancelled, um, which wasn't ideal for anyone, any of the teams whatsoever up and down um, on the Fujitsu grid. But, um, yeah, we, we, uh, for me, certainly having that extra miles for the 1,000 was, was ideal. Mm, and you capped it off with a, a very good performance in the Fujitsu series as well. Podium, nothing more that you could ask for, really. 
Oh, I could have asked for first place, but um, yeah, look, <laughs> it's um, mate. It's it, I, I was driving the wheels off my car, and I tell you what, there wasn't much room to anywhere where I thought I could make up some time on Tomo, and the only place where I was making up time on him was up over the top of the mountain because uh, the moment we hit those long straights, uh, he was gone. That's for sure. Now your goal of being the best non-main game team. A car in the field was once again highlighted this weekend. Yeah, look, it was, and you know that's all I can really focus on. As, as I've said previously, team managers are smart enough to up and down pit lane to have a look at who's doing a good job in in their equipment. And uh, yeah, for me, I was I was pretty happy to to be actually you know to to be to be matching. Um, you know, Tomo in the early stages of the races on cold tyres, and um, you know we we knew where we were we were weak, and um, yeah, we just in the uh, in the sectors where where the straights were is where we were lacking. You know, certainly at Mountain Straight, um, yeah, we we certainly uh, we're, we're very much um, uh, you know a couple of tenths slower on that, if, if not more mm. um, per lap. Now your second race with the Kelly Racing team in the Jack Daniels Commodore. How did you uh, see that performance? Oh, look, you know, I, I was, I was, um, you know, really enjoying the the, the race. To be honest, um, Todd did a, a really good first stint and uh, and gave the engineers some feedback on the car and made a small change uh, for for my um, for my first stint, which that went well. Look, I was you know I was pretty pretty happy with how I went. Um, you know, we managed to um, mow down a few of the other co-drivers and get ourselves up in inside the top ten, which was great. Uh, we we were the first of the Kelly Racing cars um, that were that were um, inside the top 10 so things were looking very very good and and for for me it was for me it was a matter of uh, we had a pit stop and uh, put we actually had um, a lot of good tires left over so we actually had four sets of green tires left over so they uh, threw a set of greens on the car and and made a uh, a small change to the car and straight away it felt so much better and that was sitting inside the top 10 and um, yeah, it's just unfortunately had inside that that um, stint. Uh, I think it was early in the in the lap seventy around that um, you know clo- closing up to that halfway point of the race where we were really going to start to get into it. Um, we actually had a mechanical um, failure with the left rear axle um, drive pegs shearing, and um, yeah, unfortunately that that um, we had to pit and that dropped us out of contention. Mm. Now, of course, as you get ready for the next round of the Fujitsu Series at Sandown, your manager, Mr Marinelli, is hard at work with all the team owners trying to find you a, a gig for 2012. <laughs> yeah, the Marinelli man is... Um, <laughs> he's on overdrive at the moment. And, look, it's it's good because, um, you know, as you say, it was a good showing at, at Bathurst in... in um, you know, in our car in the Fujitsu series, and and I was certainly very happy with my stints in the JD car with um, with Kelly Racing. So uh, I've certainly got a lot to um, you know hold my head up high um, from those stints, and, and I was you know very happy after. I wasn't so happy when I was in the car when we had a problem because I was extremely disappointed. But um, yeah, it's that time of the year, Craig, where um, you know it's been well publicised that there's seats available and all that sort of stuff. And um, you know, for me, it's just a matter of you know doing the right job showing that I'm capable of um, 
you know, being in the main series full time and hopefully I get that opportunity to do that. How big a difference was what you were in last year to what you're in this year? Yeah, look, um, it, yeah, it was, was very different. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a slightly different style of the way you've got to drive the car and, and the way um, they would like you to achieve the speed to look after the, the rear tyres. And, um, look, I really enjoyed driving um, the, the Kelly Racing cars. They're, they're fantastic to drive and um, respond well to changes. So, look, probably the, the, the big thing, and, and a lot of teams got caught out in pit lane, was obviously the wet weather. We didn't get enough dry, dry running um, to really, you know, get the cars tuned up enough to to get them in the window. Um, so we sort of found we were sort of massaging during the race. But, yeah, look, it's very different. The Ford, the Ford um, up over the top, of the mountain, um, to me, um, sometimes you can have uh, where, you, where it's really heavily loaded, where you come across Reed Park and McPhillamy, you find that the uh, top of the tyre actually touches um, on the inner part of the chassis and you actually get a, a, a moment in time where the steering wheel actually goes solid, feels like you've had a power steering failure. Um, <laughs> it's pretty unnerving, but the Ford seemed to handle that a little bit better than the Holdens. To me, the Holdens seemed to, to um, be a little bit worse at having that sort of solid feel through the wheels so um but look at some um, you know some of the differences you know the, at the end of the day they're v8 supercars so they have the you know those same characteristics but yeah each each chassis is a little bit different the way it achieves its speed mm, well dave you achieved a lot of speed this weekend and we look forward to speaking to you after sandown in uh, well a month's time yeah, look, I can't wait. It's probably a little bit too long, but um, when you finish Bathurst, you sort of go, oh, well, well it's, it's over for another 12 months. So um, I've just got to, got to look forward to that. But, you know, I'm sure we've got more to look forward to in, in the future. And as you say, we've got Sandown, um, a, a critical round for the Fujitsu Series, obviously, with uh, with two rounds remaining and, and 600 points up for grabs. Uh, you know, to me, uh, the championship's... You know, not not out of reach. So anything can happen in the last five races of the year. After the break on the V8 Insiders, Gordon Lomas, Peter Norton, and Richard Crowell will join me at our biggest ever roundtable. I hope you stay with us. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week on a very different formatted show is, from Inside Motorsport, Peter Norton. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Craig. From SBS's Speed Week, it's Richard Crowell. Crowley, a first... Three weeks in a row. We've never had a guest do that before on V8 Insiders. I must be doing something right. Fresh from tipping, I might add, the correct top three for the Bathurst 1000 on this show a few weeks ago. Uh, very happy to be back, and uh, good evening to you, Peter, as well. G'day, Richard. And the man who is the Gold Coast, it's Gordon Lomas. And, Gordo, I hope those book sales are going. The, the history of V8 Supercars, it's a, a weighty tomb that you've put together. Yeah, look, 
Look, uh, hi, Craig. Um, hi, Peter and uh, Richard. Uh, yeah, everything seems to be going in the right direction, so um, it's all good at this stage. This week's show, of course, as we come into the Gold Coast, Gordon has had a, a huge cloud put over it in the form of the death of Dan Weldon at the grand final of the IndyCar series on early Monday morning our time. The repercussions of this have been felt right throughout the motorsport community and particularly the V8 supercar community where he was teamed up to drive with HRT and, of course, James Courtney, the series champion. The feeling up there in the Gold Coast, what, what's your, been your read on the mood? Oh, look, um, it's, uh, it's deeply affected everyone here. Um, look, I was watching the race uh, live, um, as was uh, James and uh, his house guest at, at the time, uh, Marino Frankitti. And, uh, and look, you know, it's, it, it's still hard to fathom. Um, you know, obviously, uh, just such a tragic, tragic thing. Um, and, uh, and Weldon was, was, you know, he was a superstar in IndyCar racing and an all-round great guy, you know. Um, had a young family, uh, you know, two young kids, um, lovely wife, and um, just a tragic set of events. And, and you know, uh, if, if, you, if you hook up to, to what's happening over in the IndyCar world, uh, a lot of those people uh, involved in the series actually predicted that, that something would happen, and uh, we had the big one, and... Um, uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, I don't know if you guys are aware, but um, uh, it, it, it's got really steep banking. Um, therefore, drivers can hold the throttle flat. Um, and, you know, some of the drivers complain that you just can't get away from other cars and get your own space. And, um, and you know, we've, we've ended up with a 15-car pile-up. And, and what sort of compounded things was that they had 34 cars start the race, which was... You know, way above what uh, you know what the safe you know the safe sort of uh, number um, to start one of those races is. So, uh, oh, just a tragedy here. You know, the Gold Coast. Um, you know, we're gearing up for what uh, what's a great weekend of V8 supercar racing here, and uh, you know, it's it's really hard to sort of pick yourself up and and get into the into the groove of things. Mm. And what can't be forgotten, Richard Kral, is this race on the Gold Coast is an IndyCar race and. Everyone still calls it indie. In no matter what circle, what paddock you're in, right around Australia and right around the world. Yeah, you're right, and and I agree with with Gordon's sentiments and, and nicely said. And I, I was another one watching that race live as it happened, and you sit there with this feeling of disbelief when you see a, a 15 car pile up in IndyCar, let alone any other series, be it NASCAR or whatever. Um, and then you know the the way they they then handled. The announcement of, of Dan's passing and, and the, the tribute afterwards, which I thought was sensational. Um, very American, but just so so apt that they would do a three-wide salute to the current Indy 500 champion. And then the way uh, the way that ESPN, Marty Reid, the main announcer, actually handled it with his sign-off was just incredibly touching. But you're right, it, you know, this, this event is intrinsically linked with, with IndyCar racing and, and with guys like Dan Weldon, who raced there in 08 when... Champ Car and the IRL merged and we had that one fantastic year of a strong field of open wheel drivers that, that all the biggest names came back to the Gold Coast and I was privileged enough to call that race for the big screen and uh, you know called, called Dan's race, he had a, a reasonable run I think if memory served he finished top 10 so turns out yeah. that was that was his last last run here so 
Yeah, it, it's it's hard to fathom, but the thing I'd, I'd like to point out, and, and having been following IndyCar racing for as long as I've been involved in motor racing, if not longer, is that the the, the most pleasing thing out of this is how the, the motor racing family, and you guys will all attest to this as well, how the families come together. And everybody's supporting everybody else. People who knew Dan, you know, are getting comforted by people who maybe not have a clue who Dan was or only have a brief outline of what he achieved. But, you know, that that's the best thing about this sport. And it's the good, the best part about it is, is how it's a very small community. Everyone drags themselves together and picks themselves up after something like this with, with support from all aspects of it, which is just brilliant to see. So, you know, it, it's such a tragedy, but at the same time, we, we bring out the very best of the people involved in this great sport of ours. Peter Norton, you were inside Motorsports North American Condes- correspondent for, what was it, three, three and a half years. You were in the North American scene interviewing a lot of these guys, and you were in the United States, or in North America, I should say, when the Greg Moore tragedy occurred, which had some startling similarities. The grand final event, in this case, it was at the Auto Club Speedway in California. But uh, once again, the similarities are there. Um, yes, that's right, Craig. The, some uh, very obvious similarities, uh, as you said, uh, was the, the, the grand final. It was promoted up to be a huge event. Um, Greg Moore was a, a Canadian superstar he was uh, you know, really their, their shining light in, in um, well, really across uh, any motor racing category. Um, so he was very high profile and uh, had the pleasure of attending a couple of uh, press conferences uh, at Toronto uh, when he was there. And uh, I guess it's uh, one of those funny things that people in the media, um, they, while they may not be best friends with the driver and be on first name spaces, you develop uh, you know, some connection from simply being uh, in conferences and having other contact with them. You get some uh, insight into their personalities and uh, you know, something that's more than the, the casual observer from TV. So, uh, yeah, the Greg Moore's passing, uh, that one hit me pretty hard um, because you know, he, he was the nice guy. He was the upcoming uh, superstar for the Canadian racing and, and uh, died in such tragic ways, you know, similar to, to Dan. Um, some of the parallels stop there, though. It's very interesting, as Richard said, uh, the way the Americans handled uh, after the accident and cancelling the race and everything like that, even though it was the grand final, even though there was uh, you know, a championship to decide and big prize money, uh, they took a very uh, sensitive and uh, fitting tribute. Uh, whereas for, for Greg Moore, they kept on racing, and there was a lot of debate about that. Mm. The other thing, guys, um, and, and it's a a strange quirk of coincidence that one Montoya won that championship in 99, that, that same race that Greg was killed, but he was tied on points. He won it on a countback with Dario Franchitti, who was crowned champion this weekend of IndyCar for the third time in a row, his fourth championship. So there's a strange eerie parallel there that, that Dario Franchitti was involved in a, a major title battle, the same the same kind of scenario as it, uh, as it played out. Gordon, the IndyCar race last weekend you alluded to was unique. 34 starters, a lot of drivers saying there was one race wonders that hadn't got a lot of experience. We go to this weekend's race and the parallels are quite stark because we have got 29 drivers, 
who don't have a lot of V8 supercar experience on the Gold Coast. Well, on in V8 supercar experience one, and they're racing on the Gold Coast. The speeds won't be as high, but the risk any time you put on a helmet and jump in a race car is always the same. Yeah, look, I, I think, um, you know, uh, to be fair, a lot of these guys who haven't raced V8 supercars before they're going to be here this weekend have got unbelievable credentials in world, world motorsport. You've got sports car superstars, you know, Le Mans winners. You've got, um, you know, Formula One uh, uh, drivers. You, you know, you name it. The, the highest categories um, that, you, that you can race in. And, um, and I, I really don't think that, um, you know... Uh, you know, even though they're rookies, I really don't think you can draw a parallel with uh, with what happened over in, in Vegas last weekend. Um, and 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 look, you know, they, they're going to be raw. They're going to be off the pace. Um, and last year we saw, you know, quite a quite a bit of uh, damage done. But you know, there was a, a deal of our guys that did a lot of damage uh, as well last year. So um, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how these these new new guys go. Um, I know. Uh, um, some of the uh, willpower has been ruled out. Um, uh, he was involved in that 15-car accident and uh, was taken to hospital uh, suffering from lower back um, soreness, but uh, he was released much later on, but he's not coming out. Um, and uh, in his place is, uh, is Richard Lyons, who, uh, who uh, as you guys will remember, drove at Bathurst. So, um, so there's a guy who has got some experience. Um, and uh, Tony Canaan's been ruled out. He was driving with Jason Barguana, um, and uh, Alan Simonson's been uh, ruled in for him. As to the other indie drivers, um, there's, there's been, as we speak tonight, there's, uh, there's been nothing confirmed um, as to who will drive with James Courtney, as to if Ryan Briscoe will take his place with Garth Tander. Similarly, Alex Tagliani with uh, David Reynolds. Um, and we've also got Castro Nevis, uh, um, who's booked to drive with Tim Slade, and uh, Sebastian Bourdais with Jamie Wincup. So uh, there's a few question marks there uh, as well. Mm. And it is going to be interesting to see uh, over the next few days. Now, I must say we are recording this on Tuesday evening uh, because uh, later in the week it gets hectic for everyone at the track. But uh, And it is going to be interesting to see how they do slot in the grid. We do have a an interesting race, but in due deference to our subject matter, I've decided that uh, Gas and Go is a little bit too frivolous for our show tonight. So we're going to take a break now, and we're going to look at the Gold Coast in a lot more depth right after this. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. 
Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us, a first ever four-way on the show is Peter Norton, Richard Crail and Gordon Lomas. And Gordon, the Gold Coast, well, after last year, we saw the shortened circuit really come into its own. The V8 supercars are proving that they are very much a headlining act in this country and they're pulling off one of the uh, best street circuits that is uh, in the countryside. Oh, sure is. You know, um, last year... Um, a lot of people remember the Ripper race on Sunday between, you know, Shane Van Gisbergen and Jamie Wincup, uh, who went hammer and tong for, for you know, a few, quite a few dozen laps there, and uh, uh, that was, you know, that that just, you know, is what motor racing should be all about. Just good, hard, solid racing. A little bit like Bathurst the other week, you know. Um, so uh, uh, I, I really think that. Um, uh, the, the circuit modifications um, certainly have worked. Um, the format, I think they've, I think they've nailed the format. Um, the international driver component, I think, uh, can only grow from here. Who knows where this event can go? You know, um, here I am, uh, one of the, one of the, you know, the, the huge IndyCar fans. And as much as I'd love to see that series come back here again, I really do think this V8 Supercar. Um, race now uh, has got a, a huge future uh, along the lines of uh, Clipsal in Adelaide. Of course, Richard Crail is a commentator uh, of note and probably the most famous commentator on this panel at the moment. You have to love the fact that uh, Matthew White is etched in history for his wing cups got jizz all over him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd go easy on comments about me there, Craig. It's a little bit overblown, but yeah, I mean. Gordo's right, though. That was one of the great races. We were actually at a Shannon's Nationals round at Sandown. It was the first time I've missed a Gold Coast race since 04. Um, and, and I'm much the same as Gordo. I sort of grew up watching IndyCars there. But, uh, you know, it was we were all crowded around the TV at the Sandown Media Centre for a Shannon's Nationals round watching that battle between Van Gisbergen and Winkup and on the edge of our seats. And it was one of the better touring car races we've seen. I don't think there's any argument with that. It was a great finish. Uh, and it's, it's what we come to expect from V8 supercars with, with hard racing on a street circuit, banging doors with two great young drivers who are fantastic personalities in the sport. So, yeah, fantastic. And I agree with Gordon's comments that it can only get bigger with the, the international drivers. I'm, I'm a massive fan of going to you know a full international co-driver list. You know They had them throughout the field last year. I think there was one per team. This year, every driver's got one. There's a massive mix of talents and there's some fantastic names in there that might not be the big household names that some people might expect to see or want to see, but there's some very good driver talent there. I mean, when you look at guys like, um, um, I don't know, Joey Hand, who's just such a very, very good sports car driver. Fabrizio Giovinardi is one of the best British touring car racers we've seen for 10 years. Olivia Gavin, who's a works Chevy Corvette driver, I mean, Guys might not know these names in Australia, but when they watch them race on the Gold Coast this weekend, they'll realise just how very good drivers they are, and I think that's all part of it. It's a bit of an education as well. Peter, the critical thing here is they shortened the track and stayed with the the same length of race, the 600 kilometres over the two days, and that's got some economic benefits for the Gold Coast and for the organisers. Oh, too right. Uh, 
I mean, firstly, it's the, the cost of assembling the track. The whole uh, infrastructure and, and the, the you know, security personnel and flaggies and all of the officials, it's a, like a scale model of what it used to be. Um, but in many respects, it's not scaling down, it's, it's right-sizing. It's getting it to something that's sustainable for many years to come. Um, and I just have to echo the, uh, the comments, uh, particularly from Richard, about um, last year's race. You know that a race has broken through and really worked when you get to work on the Monday and people who have no interest in motorsport come up to you and say, oh, I saw that race on the weekend. Gee, it was a cracker. Uh, and that's what we had with uh, Van Gisbergen and Winkup last year. It really cut through to the, the non-hardcore motorsport fan. It really got their interest. And uh, you know, if we can reproduce that on a regular basis... Uh, you know, the sky's the limit. Mm. Well, one thing I'd like to get your opinions on, Gordo, and, uh, well, all, th- all three of you, is we saw a very interesting promotion on Saturday in Brisbane where Jamie Winkup and the Triple Eight team performed a pit stop in the, uh, in the main streets of Brisbane City. I think I said Adelaide before, but I meant to say Brisbane City. Gordo, I've shown that YouTube video to a few people who have gone, eh, Whatever. What about you? How did you think that promotion with a viral video actually went? Oh, I think um, in terms of promotion, I think it, well, I think it worked. Um, but uh, and, and certainly from a viral point of view, um, it's you know really hit the mark uh, and reached far and wide. But what I I wasn't privy to. I, I didn't attend it. But uh, just having a look at some of the the footage. Uh, you know, on the online and and on the television news that night, um, it was a little concerning that um, I think it was Andrew Thompson who was behind the wheel when they they you know had the mock pit stop, um, he, and he took off and, and lit the rear tyres up, and uh, you know there was a million people standing on the side of the road. There was no, there appeared to be no safety barriers or anything stopping from anyone running onto the road or indeed if anything happened to the car in terms of a sticking throttle or something breaking whatever else um you know i i cringed to what would have happened you know um my my thoughts were uh immediately harked back to a few years ago that the the troy critchley incident in the u.s um that went horribly wrong Mm, richard yeah i I agree with that but the the first thing i thought when i saw it and and coming from the perspective of promoting a series that isn't V8 supercars and isn't uh, burst with massive corporate dollars like Vodafone put into Triple Eight, I went, gee, it'd be nice to have that kind of PR budget. But um, I mean, I'm, I've just gone to YouTube right now, and you look at the first the first video that comes up when you search for Vodafone Brisbane pit stop, and it's on the official V8 site, and it's had 45,000 views in three days. So that shows the kind of impact. So tick that box, job done. Um, the yeah the the other subjects I, I tend to agree with Gordo that probably they needed to be a little bit careful and I think that's probably why they did a pit stop rather than a a high speed run through was to not make sure they portray that image or avoid from portraying that image of speed and that's such a talking point at the moment as it has always been so yeah there, there might be questions over that but as a pure publicity stunt and a, a viral thing for for Vodafone and for the event brilliant. Mm. Peter, it was interesting because uh, in some of the footage I saw, which wasn't the official footage, it did look like there was a cop car coming through at the end, which was cut into it to make it look like they were being chased by the cops. 
Um, I haven't seen that, that particular angle or, or, or clip. Um, I, I've only seen, the, I guess, the, the more mainstream stuff. Um, what I think is what, stands, what makes it stand out for me is the pit stop. We've seen Formula One cars drive over the Harbour Bridge and drive through cities, and you know, that's all a bit old hat. But having the pit stop, I think, made it a little bit clever. And in particular, for people who uh, uh, you know, tune into the, the YouTube clip, um, we've got Andrew Thompson running through the crowded streets, running to uh, you know, get there in time for the pit stop. Um, so there's some very clever touches to it. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. Mm. Well, uh, go to you, Richard, because... Mark Scaife's retired from racing today. Yeah, uh, what a week he's chosen to do that in uh, sort of very quietly sort of lost amongst uh, everything else that's been going on. But uh, yes, there was a decision. It was going to go one of two ways. He was going to step down from the commission and keep driving with Craig Lowndes, we, we would assume, and go after a couple more Bathurst victories, or he was going to step back for at least two years and head up the commission. I'm wondering what the realistic chance of him ever actually continuing on was because we all know how much work he's put into Car of the Future and how invested he is in the sport now as a a leader behind the scenes and driving it forward and getting the kind of results that that we believe and he believes the V8 supercars can achieve. I wonder, and I wonder what you guys think, I wonder what the real potential of him actually saying, no, I'm going to keep driving was because part of me thinks that that there, that was only ever a very small possibility. I sort of always thought that that uh, after another strong performance at Bathurst, they almost won the thing. Probably should have, maybe if you speak to some people, um, I, I thought that might have been it. And uh, he'll go and focus on on the the sport in general and his broadcasting that he does so very well, and, and go on from there. But yeah, the timing of the announcement wasn't perfect, but you can't help that. That's just the way it is. Um, but um, yeah, look onwards and upwards for Mark Scaife's. Uh, life outside of driving a racing car. What chance, Gordo, and I'm remembering that this is recorded on Tuesday evening, what chance, Gordo, could an olive branch come out from Walkinshaw Performance and scaife Courtney at the Gold Coast just to finish it off, just to put an exclamation point on both situations there? Oh, look, um, I suppose you, n- you never say never to anything, do you? But I'd, I'd be very hesitant. I'd, I'd kind of rule that out, um, particularly as, you know, um, as we're recording this, Mark has um, officially announced his retirement. And for him to sort of come out and, and answer an SOS from, from his old uh, old team, I, I just... I just think it'd, uh, you know, it'd be a little bit on the nose if you if you know what I mean. It just it wouldn't look right. So I I kind of rule it out. But um, you know, guys, if if you if you looked at at Mark um, after Bathurst the other week at that press conference, he just had that look in his eye that you know it was it was it was all over. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know the retirement announcement. uh, which was made this week, uh, wasn't a great surprise if you, if you really read into it. Had he have won at Bathurst, would have taken him to seven wins and maybe, maybe just he might have continued on just to, just to try and chase Brock's record of nine, you know. But, um, but look, you know, it's, um, there, there comes a day when you've, you've got to just, you know, that's it. You've got to put your hands up and say... I've, I've got to, I've got to hang my helmet up, you know. Um, you can't keep driving forever, and I think Mark, uh, Mark has said that himself. So, um, you know, it will be interesting to see who uh, who drives with Courtney, but uh, I'd, I'd rule Mark out. Peter, your thoughts on the SCAFE announcement? Um, uh, I very much agree with what Gordo said about at the press conference at Bathurst. Um, 
Lowndes sort of shrugged off. Okay, it was second after a thrilling drive. But sitting right next to him was a fellow who just looked devastated in, in not winning it. Uh, and you know, it just seemed to fit perfectly um, you know, the sequence of events and, and that reaction and that expression on his face that um, yeah, he'd already had made the decision uh, and he was just trying to keep it secret for a little bit. Um, you know, that's my reading of it. Um, you know, maybe he hadn't made the decision, but it looked like he was awful close. Um, in the bigger picture of things, I think it makes an awful lot of sense. And some of the, the truly great sporting stars are, are the ones who choo choose the right time to retire. They can retire while they're on top. And if you look at Mark's uh, last four results, uh, you've got a second, first, first, first. I don't think you can really uh, go out any more on top than that. And you know, what he has chosen instead is a, a, a corporate career um, that can go for 20 years. Um, you know, the, the sky's the limit there uh, as being a, you know, an administrator of the sport. Um, so I think it is a, a very sensible and wise decision. It's certainly, as he said, a decision made by the head, not the heart. And uh, you have to acknowledge that uh, sometimes those decisions are the right ones. A break, and then we'll be back to uh, get your winners on the White Flag Lab. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. This is joining me, Gordon Lomas, the author of the definitive book on V8 supercars, the history of V8 supercars, and, of course, Bathurst comes out in October 2012, and it will be the definitive book on that event. Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport and SBS Speedweeks, Richard Crail. And uh, as we're in the break, Richard, you've got breaking news on the show, which is that HRT have announced Mark Scaife will not be running with James Courtney, as I predicted just a few moments ago. Yeah, the, I wish they got this press release uh, about half an hour ago, but uh, the, the Toll Holden Racing Team have announced that Darren Turner will co-drive number one Toll HRT Commodore with uh, James Courtney this weekend. Darren Turner, a long-time McLaren co-driver. Uh, he won the um, Autosport BRDC Young Driver Award a long time ago, uh, and he's racing a factory driver for Aston Martin Racing in the FIA GT Series. Uh, driving an Aston Martin DBRS9. So he's a fantastic driver, very, very well credentialed and kind of a surprise that he's not come out to do this kind of thing before in any of the uh, enduro races that we've had in V8 Supercars. So uh, a great choice at the last minute and HRT have acknowledged in their release that um, they thank uh, Aston Martin Racing for giving permission for Darren to take part in the event. So... Uh, great news. That's, uh, you know, a very, very strong replacement and uh, I think the wider Walkinshaw network uh, has probably helped in achieving that uh, that goal. But Darren Turner to co-drive with James Courtney this weekend. All right. Well, that was uh, nothing if not timely. Gordo, interesting that one because last time I checked, Aston Martin was forward-owned. Yeah, it is. But, um, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of rules are broken um, and, and are allowed to be broken uh, in, in, in this type of situation so uh, no real surprise I mean there's a lot of understanding between 
between manufacturers and that sort of stuff these days. So uh, you know, uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting engagement, but um, be interesting to see how Darren goes. Uh, he's certainly certainly well qualified, but uh, you know, first time in uh, one of these cars. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a difficult assignment. Well, the difficult assignment for you guys is to match Richard Crail's three weeks ago prediction of the podium at Bathurst with uh, at least a winner in one of the two days of the Gold Coast 600. First to you, Gordon Lomas. Well, I, Richard, firstly, um, I wonder what that trifecta would have paid um, oh, on... Uh, on you. <laughs> On, on the sports betting uh, agency, so you, know, you, you probably could have retired by now. Oh, mate, I, you know, I actually had no idea that I picked it either. Someone tipped me off on Twitter the following week. Uh, I actually had absolutely no idea. It's sort of in the, the height of that race. I'd completely forgotten the fact that I tipped it. So, yeah, well, there you go. I, I completely agree with you, and thanks for rubbing that in, Gordo. Um, <laughs> I would have been happy to fund up your uh, next couple of books if I'd won that. But, uh, yeah, no, well, oh, well, beggars can't be choosers. Well, look, firstly, uh, I'm not going to attempt to uh, match what uh, Richard did. That was a monumental effort. Um, and uh, given my, uh, in a previous life, I was a, a, a bit of a failure when it came to uh, gambling and tipping on the horses. So uh, I'm not going to try and go past um, who's going to win. Uh, trying to tip the top three is uh, almost an impossibility for me. But look, um, I think... Um, we talked about Shane Van Gisbergen before. He's my pick to really do something this weekend. Stone Brothers Racing are, are really a team on the rise. Um, I, I, you know, I strongly believe they'll be the the ones to put their hands up and uh, and try and, uh, and and claim a championship uh, for the first time since uh, 2005 with Russell Ingall next year. Um, so for that reason, um, I, I'm. Uh, I'm favouring Van Gisbergen to win, and uh, you know we all know that you know how well he went there last year. Uh, so uh, it's you know he's going to be hard to beat, and and uh, Craig Lowndes has really got his tail up. He's he's got the the points lead in the championship now, and uh, I, I think he'll be the the hardest guy for for Shane to beat. Peter Norton. Um, yes, the, the, what I particularly like this year is that they've even things up compared to last year. You recall that last year half the field had an international driver and half the field had uh, you know, a, a regular sort of co-driver that was Australian-based. This year they've all got a, an equal, dare I say it, handicap, uh, only a handicap in, in relative inexperience in the car. Um, as we've mentioned earlier, uh, all of these uh, co-drivers have great uh, pedigrees, but they're relatively inexperienced. Um, Bearing all that in mind, last year the best of the internationals uh, was Andy Prio, um, who is again teamed up with Craig Lowndes. I think that is a, a very good combination. That's my pick. Richard Crowell. It's hard to go past that, isn't it? And Triple Eight once again have pulled the ace card over the field by signing arguably the two fastest internationals from last year because Sebastian Bourdais, who's driving with Jamie Wincup, was just as good. And he was very competitive. He drove the mother car last year and was super fast. So, wow, a great, great combo for Triple Eight. I, I, look, I, I'm, hesit well, I'm hesitant to tip Craig Lance because I don't want to put the mocker on him. But uh, I'd like to think that he'll get there, mainly because I think he's going to win the championship this year. Uh, so based on that, with, with Andy Prio, who's got a couple of Bathurst starts and plenty of V8 supercar experience under his belt, I think they'll probably be the best. Um, but do you know what? 
my bath is tipping, I tipped Greg Murphy for a strong result, and it turned out that it was even stronger than even I expected. But he's got Olivier Gavin, Oliver Gavin, next to him in the co-driver's seat, and he's been a Le Mans winner in the GT class for Corvette racing a couple of times. Very, very good co-driver, very highly rated. I like that combination. Just to throw in a Smokey as well, and he's not really a Smokey, is he, after what we saw two weeks ago. Garth Tander, Ryan Briscoe, um, who Twitter tells me now he's on the plane on his way to Australia, so lock him in. Um, you know, that's a, such a strong combo. And again, Briscoe's had so many miles in a V8 supercar that he's going to be very, very competitive. So they're my three. Uh, Richard Lyons joining in with Mark Winterbottom, certainly not a bad thing for four performance racing either. So um, that's probably another competitive combo. But it's a good field though, isn't it? It's just great. But Craig Lance for the win. All right, I've got Winterbottom and Lyons. And everyone knows why I always pick Richard Lyons to do well. And uh, Murphy, Simon's, uh, sorry, not Murphy, Gavin. Uh, always interested to see how Alan Simonson goes as well. Guys, it's been a pleasure to have you all on the show. As I said at the top, a, a slightly different format, but most people understand why. When we've got uh, journos who have got such a passion for indie cars, I thought it was best to have as many of you guys on there to give us your perspective as possible. I will also pass on an apology from Crusher Murray because uh, he normally does the... Uh, Gold Coast preview with yourself, Gordo, but as you can imagine, he's just being run off his feet at the moment. Absolutely. Thanks for your time, and that's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. As the checker flag waves, keep smiling, and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.